I'm going to remind everyone to go to hankstrange.com, sign up for our email list. Um, you can find all the different ways that you can support us over there, including uh, Lola's Throwing Up Deals. She's there's a, In the menu, you'll find Lola's Deals. You can also go to lolasdeals.com. Uh, that's a good way to find out all that stuff. I think uh, we could probably just jump into this here. I want to thank Franklin Armory for sponsoring the podcast tonight. Uh, shout out to everyone out there. Make sure you guys smash those thumbs and etc. etc. I'm going to press the button to get this going. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Hank All right. Strange Make situation. sure you guys subscribe Lifestyle to the channel. Thumbs up. Ring the bell so you can be notified. Okay, we got a lot of people in here. You know what it is. You got to do the jazz hands. Come on. John, you got to do the jazz hands. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care how macho you are. <laughs> we are live. I hope you got your big girl panties on. Uh, this is the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. This is episode 582. Our guest tonight, John Amons of UW Gear. There he goes right there. John, what's up? How's it going, man? Hanging in there. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. You haven't been on before, right? This is the first time, I think. First time. So there you go. So you guys will you will all find out about UW Gear tonight. We'll get into that. Uh, as well as we have Rod Mills of Scorched Earth Firearms Training. Uh, yeah, Rod and John are in Jacksonville. So apparently I didn't notify Rod Mills of that, and we'll, we'll get into that here as well in a minute. Uh, we don't. We don't call it Jacksonville. We call it Duval. So, oh, well, okay. All right. There's that too. There's that too. And we have uh, from uh, the West Palm Beaches. Pebbles. It's off. It's off. Yeah, he's in the other room. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. This is not Pebbles. This is Flying Rich. Uh, Pebbles is his owner, but this is Flying Rich. <laughs> that's how we're. <laughs> that's how we're gonna do this here. So there you go. There are the gentlemen. We are all ready for, to do this. What's up, everyone? How you guys doing? Doing good. Good? Everyone good? John, good. you're good? Yep. The rain stopped. The rain stopped? Okay, yeah, that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. Um, let me just, like I said, remind everyone out there, smash the thumbs ups, okay? Now, John's from UW Gear. You guys need to go check that out. What's the best way for them to uh, find UW Gear, John? UWGearInc.com. Uh, UWGearinc.com. Okay. Uh, let me see. I think I have it. I'll throw it up here on the screen. Do you want to just tell people like about UW Gear, about yourself, what it is you do? Uh, I'm throwing the website up here, so for folks to go check it out. So yeah, give us the rundown, man. On. So, I'm basically a one-man operation. So I'm a really small gear maker, but my focus is always been on making gear specifically with the armed prepared citizen in mind so mm -hmm. like when i was in the military and brief time i worked in law enforcement I had a lot of exposure to a lot of different gear mm -hmm. and the problem that i found over the years was <clears throat> that as just an armed citizen who wanted to be ready for potential bad times I always had to take gear that was oriented towards a military mission, a law enforcement mission, et cetera, and then kind of make it work for me. And I got tired of that. And a buddy of mine knew how to sew, and he was a master parachute rigger, taught me how to sew, and he had already been making gear. And we said, hey, why don't we start making some stuff specifically for just the armed Joe? 
not necessarily for military, not necessarily for law enforcement, but just the average guy who wants a good piece of gear for you know, emergencies. Okay. So I've got a lot of military and law enforcement customers now, but that's not like my driving focus. My focus is just the average guy. Okay. So um, I am running in um, something from the page here. Um, do you are you custom making these rigs? Or are you? I make, I make everything one at a time by hand from cut to finish. So, okay. What that means is, if you get it, my grubby hands have cut it and made it from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Downside to it is, I'm a one man operation and I have to make it from cut to end. Right. So unfortunately, there's a bit of a wait time um, with okay. with how backed up I am and. That varies because when I have things like I unexpectedly had to have some major surgery at the end of last year, and that put me down through most of December, which stretched out my wait times. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the first of this year, it's just been one thing after the next with the virus and everything else going on. So mm-hmm. more start flowing in. Then with the virus, it's been hard to get materials sometimes because the mills and stuff aren't running it full staff and shipping and all that. So. It just all compounds to stretch out lead time. So yeah, bad thing is there's a wait time. The good thing is if you place an order, you're going to get it. You may have to wait a little while, but you're going to get it. Oh, okay. And then what kind of surgery did you just say you had? I, I had my second back surgery, but I ended okay. up having had to have a fusion done. Okay. Got a lot of nerve damage and all that kind of good stuff. So I was down for down for most of December and. Okay. Yeah. How are you feeling now? better okay still still doing some recovery but we're, mm-hmm. we're getting there everything's where it's supposed to be and mm-hmm. it's got to kind of get back working out full st- full steam again and mm-hmm. try to get the core back strengthened up because it's amazing how much you lose after a couple of months and not being able to do anything mm-hmm. yeah absolutely <clears throat> they probably have you on the good stuff too you know the uh <laughs> unfortunately handle it. the good stuff don't do a whole lot for me so <laughs> yeah yeah, I just have to tough through it. Right, absolutely. Okay, all right. So we'll we'll get into this. If you guys have questions about gear and stuff like that, we're going to talk about lots of different things. But you know, um, it's all up to you and the and the panel here. What we talk to, as it usually is. Uh, let's mm-hmm. check in. Let's check in on uh, Flying Rich. What's up with you, Richard Hughes? Uh, well, I I hate to say bad stuff or good stuff about bad times, but this mm-hmm. COVID thing is fantastic. I, I mean, at least for me personally, <laughs> okay. because I don't have to go to Orlando. I work from my house. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, a lot I, of people who, who um, have like who work remotely and then they go into an office, this is maybe the, the final thing to convince their offices or whoever they work for to let them work from home forever. Right. And you know what? My office, because I do IT work, mm-hmm. uh, they say they may never go back. Oh, wow. Uh, it's working so well and we're so productive. There's still some things they're trying to figure out how to make work mm-hmm. that you normally would do, like onboarding mm-hmm. new people. But otherwise, you're like, if we go back, it won't be anything like it was. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's, Interesting. it's pretty cool. Yeah. The only downside, which I never thought this would be a case, is my wife and I both work for hospitals. I do mm-hmm. IT for a hospital. She's on mm-hmm. the you know medical end or more medical end. Mm-hmm. With a downturn in the uh, hospital revenue because of elective surgery being postponed, we're kind of skittish about our jobs. So that that's yeah. kind of scary. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. I don't know if that'd be the case. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they, uh, it's like they almost set up hospitals to go out of business right in the time when hospitals should be getting the most business ever, mm-hmm. which is right. a weird situation. And I know Lola is working hmm? pretty darn hard, right? Yeah, Lola had no choice, I guess. <laughs> she, had to, she had to go in there. But I know that even where she works for, all these things are on the edge. If they don't actually get those patients back in there and get that revenue, that we there's probably we're going to start seeing layoffs and things like that happening here uh, pretty soon. Um, okay, let's let's go over to Rod Mills here and see how Rod Mills is doing. He uh, also, like I said before, we got two Jacksonville people here. We got a West Palm Beach. We got a, a North Florida Gainesville that I'm in. It's all Florida show. What's up with you, Rod? Hey, everything is good. Just like uh, Richard just said, um, man, I am flourishing. My business. I've been all of my weekends have been packed. Uh, since maybe mid March uh, mm-hmm. with this pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So first, you know, with the pandemic, everybody um, started getting a little afraid, um, you know, because they thought that you know, you know, we may have a mini uh, or even maximum SHTF situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, then with the um, the George Floyd uh, thing happening with the you know the riots and you seeing that around mm-hmm. the country, uh, that even injected it even more mm-hmm. so you know it's like man you know i the the first sunday i've had off in two months uh was this past sunday and that's because it we had torrential rain here mm-hmm. yeah so you, you couldn't know. train for anyone if, right. if, if people are watching you don't know rod mills has scorched earth firearms training um so so that's the thing so from any one of you guys um how has this a whole cuz obviously it seems like we're getting hit with a 1 2 maybe a 3 punch here with covid-19 no 3 no three? Two. Oh. 2 and done is what you think two and done <laughs> yeah. who knows there's probably another thing lingering out there yeah. oh to uh, hurricanes probably so yeah we're all in florida yeah we're in hurricane season people i don't know who's you're in west palm beach i used to live there I used to live there, Richard Hughes. You probably have the highest probability of all of us of getting hit with a hurricane. Then I want to say Jacksonville, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. You guys sometimes get that, but it might slow down as it goes up north. Mm. Early in the season, you get stuff that that starts in the Gulf, but it's Mm -hmm. never really that strong. So Mm -hmm. you got a little bit of work there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen anything major. Where where I'm at, you can get things as well. It's where a little bit, like I'm a little bit... In the middle, inland. Yeah, yeah, inland. So usually things will calm down, but we could get tornadoes and all kinds of things spinning off of stuff. So <laughs> it's, right. po- it's possible. It might not be for the country, but it could be for Florida or other places on the East Coast. You got the Gulf and all that. But anyway, how is how is all of this stuff kicking up business, making it like like Rod saying? Do you guys feel yeah. that way? Man, it, my my business has been, whew, man. Um, I got a. This weekend, I was actually kind of glad about an hour before we we came on live. I had a customer uh, cancel out on me, mm-hmm. and I was almost glad because actually I was kind of overbooked. I mm-hmm. had um, uh, double booked somebody, so I'm like, you know what? I got to run all these classes together now, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, but you know, I, I hate the fact that you know my success is at somebody else's tragedy, but mm-hmm. um, uh, you know. Uh, 
just recently, man, I, I, it's given me, you know, idle time is the devil's workplace. So, mm-hmm. man, I've actually had time to get my copyright of my logo done, my uh, tax ID information, mm-hmm. uh, my uh, business uh, information with the state of Florida, mm-hmm. my logo, T-shirts, you know, t- you know, T-shirts, um, yeah. you know, polo shirts, I mean, <laughs> hats. I mean, I, I've had time to do all of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, it's it's really been paying off. It's been paying dividends for me. Okay. How about you, John? Same thing? Well, yeah. it's Well, it, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of new orders in because there's a whole lot of people that have suddenly realized, you know what, maybe that whole being ready for bad times that potentially happen isn't such a wacky idea after all. <laughs> maybe I ought to have a piece of gear to go with this fancy gun that I got. Yeah. But then the problem comes in. Everybody wants um, mm-hmm. they want Amazon Prime shipping and and uh, Chinese made prices for handmade American gear by one guy. Mm-hmm. And I can't buy any of that. Yeah. Um, hold on one second. Have you are you guys having issues? Uh, I it's think. Back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think there there was some like technical issues on the YouTube side. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm guessing everyone's coming back in. As you guys are coming in here, smash the thumbs up. So I don't know what's happening. Maybe everyone's trying to go live right now. <laughs> so, John, do you find yeah. you've got to do like an education process how the consumers say, hey, my stuff is worth X because you can hang 400 pounds from it and it won't tear? Mm-hmm. You know, you- y- yes and no. I mean, honestly, I, I can't spend the time that I need to to educate everybody that does that. So it's like when I answer every single email that somebody sends me and like if it's an email uh, on my business Facebook page, if they send me a private message on there, whatever, I answer every one of them. And I've even put out videos on my YouTube channel. Hey guys, I understand everybody wants their stuff. Understand I don't mind answering your questions, but every time you email me to ask about your order, that's <laughs> time that I'm not sewing. Yeah. I'm sitting in front of the computer answering right. emails. So the less of those I get, the more time I'm sewing. And it people have been spoiled by by Amazon. Yeah. They, they want that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Immediate. And they they want the really cheap prices, but they don't understand what goes into making a piece of gear when it when you calculate it. And it's not just the cost of the materials. The cost of materials is is a fraction of the actual price it's my labor time to sit here and sew it it's wear and tear on the machines it's electricity to run everything you know it's mm-hmm. it's all that combined and i'm honestly charging way below where i should be for what i'm doing mm-hmm. problem is i can't charge what i need to be charging because i don't have that levi's name tag yet mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. you know People will pay big money for name brand stuff, mm-hmm. but when your name isn't that big, they're real hesitant to fork out too much money, which, you know, I'm sure we're all at that way in some fashion or another. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's, there's a bit of an education process when people email and just have to tell them, hey, yes, your order's still in line. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm getting to it. I do them as they come in. I'm getting to it as quick as I can with current events going on, whatever. God forbid there's a day I get sick or whatever and, you know, miss a day of sewing because you miss one day of work and, oh, my gosh, it puts you back like four days worth mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, yeah. 
And one of the things, uh, I don't know, this, I don't know how many times we could say it, obviously, <laughs> probably not enough, but you have to do a lot of this stuff before emergency situations <laughs> hit. <laughs> it, it's the old Boy Scout motto, be prepared. I mean, yeah. you know. You don't want to get training from Ron Mills when we are already in the middle of the apocalypse. You don't right. want to get some gear from UW <laughs> when the you know, apocalypse is already on you. You can't be waiting for Amazon. Amazon's not even delivering on time. When, when things are falling apart, it's too late. Exactly. Yeah. It's, for all, all of y'all will relate to this. We all live in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. I do not understand people who live in Florida and only have about 24 hours worth of food in their in their pantry and refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. Why? You're in Florida. In the middle of winter, we can get thunderstorms that can knock out the power for a day or two. Uh, somebody can, someone can have too many drinks and knock down the electric. Well, I live in the country, so that happens all the time. Somebody yeah, runs mean, into that pole. <laughs> so running into a pole, other than you. <laughs> Don't start. Um, hey, so yeah, go ahead. Like the grid here at Jacksonville, a squirrel mm -hmm. can fart in the wrong direction, and we lose power. So it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the thing. It's kind of a it's kind of a tough time right now. Um, and I know I was I was speaking to some people today. A lot of places are sold out of everything because everyone in America right now wants a gun. Yeah, nine mil is tough to get. You can't find that anywhere. Yeah, I don't need any, but yeah, yeah. So. Um, let me just get this in quick here from Harry's Holsters. Shout out to Harry's Holsters. He said, I've got a friend in textiles. If you're making it in the U.S., cost is way over what imported products cost, and the margins are extremely low. Um, you know, so, but if you can support uh, Made in America stuff, you know, and if you guys are looking for stuff, I encourage you to go check out what uh, UW uh, makes because, you know, and especially if you're in Florida, you should check that out also. Um, let's get into this here a little bit. You know, we can, we can really just talk about anything, but I know Rod hasn't been on here in a little bit and he did want to, I don't know if you still want to talk about some of the current things that are causing everyone to, um, get into a, a negative headspace. I don't know if you want to get, if you want to talk about that, Rod, or you feel like you, uh, I mean, everything that I would see is already, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I mean, okay, so I come from, I'm one of the rare people here where I'm black, mm -hmm. I'm a male, mm -hmm. I got, you know, I'm prior law enforcement, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, so how many people, you know, and, and now I'm a civilian, I'm a, you know, uh, a firearms trainer, and, but, Again, you don't want to have the police not being there, especially if you don't have a damn gun. So wait, you hold know, on you, a second. You don't believe you don't believe in the uh, cancel the police movement? Because I mean, I, I, OK, so if you're going to cancel <laughs> the police, at least have something that the police has like a gun. You know, I mean, to protect no, yourself. No, 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 no. They should put a wall around Minneapolis cancel the police, take all the guns, food, water, everything. Go F yourself. Cancel the police. Stop the police force now. Don't wait. Do it the heck now. Own up to it, you pussies. I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 I yell at what I did. I'm like, don't wait. 
do it now. Cancel. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with so and and understand where we're coming. Well, at least I'm coming from on this point. I think that some of these people should really cancel the police departments if they if they think it's this bad and that's a solution. They really should do that because maybe this is the only way for people to find out, you know, exactly what reality is for them to not have to not have police departments. But, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. I I don't want to I want to let you say what you have to say. Well, I mean, my thing is this. I mean, don't wish for, you know, something that, you know, that you can't uh, handle, you know, I mean, you know, now keep in mind this. I went to college for criminal justice. Mm-hmm. I took police administration. I took criminal law one, criminal law two, mm-hmm. you know, every, all the police classes I've taken. Um, and now, then again, there are some departments that are better than others. Okay. Um, now, just looking at uh, some of the statistics uh, from Minneapolis, for one thing, I see that um, black people only make up 15 to 20% of the population. However, 63% of all fatal deaths um, are attributed to, with, to the black community, whereas the next, which is the white community, which is 17, mm-hmm. and then you got you got Asians, I think they're like five, and, you know, Hispanic, maybe like six or seven percent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my thing is this. What percentage, you know, what percentage of that is from uh, is police related? I mean, that's that's police related. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're talking about the police-related deaths. Right. That's exactly. the statistics you're giving us. Okay. So sixty percent. All right. So it's sixty-three percent. So okay. it's, it's definitely out of whack. But mm-hmm. my thing is this. You know, I go back to my college professors. My college professors were actually uh, some of them were actually police, but they were high-ranking police officers. And you know what they did was they came to the college and they taught. Mm-hmm. And you know. And basically, you know, sort of quasi recruited mm-hmm. after, you know, graduate. And then, hey, you know, you can come in and, um, you know, have a possible, you know, accelerated uh, career. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is this. Um, their community, they, they obviously have zero community policing there uh, because the police, you can't just ride around in a car and expect to police your community you got to get out that car you got to get to know everybody those people have to trust you and you have to trust those people in the Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know like i said i mean what happened um uh with you know the the gentleman i mean that should have never happened um and and actually i when I originally looked at it, you know, for the first time before everything blew up, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, so give me the whole story. And I think um, I was on here when I said that. I said, I want to know everything because that's what I've been taught. Mm-hmm. And as a law enforcement agent, you know, in the military, you know, my thing is, okay, find out everything, you know, mm-hmm. get everybody's story and then find out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it, you know, when you're looking at it, you're like, Okay, it had to be more than that. He had to be resisting. You know, you had to have this. Was he on drugs? Where he spazzed him out? Because keep in mind, if you're on drugs, you know, narcotics, man, you know, who knows what what you'll do? You you become like a super person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that. And I'm like, well, hold on, now he he's not resisting. I mean, mm-hmm. and you got four people, and it should be outlawed. You know, the chokehold, any type of chokehold, that should be outlawed. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
should have been outlawed. I mean, we shouldn't even had this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, but on the other end, I look at it like this: you have to have the police, okay? Mm-hmm. But you got to start weeding the bad cops from from the good cops. Yeah. You know? So, so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Does anyone on this panel disagree with like what happened to George Floyd was a terrible thing and should not have happened? Does anyone disagree with that? No, that's it never happened. It's a yeah. never event. Yeah. So I think we should have died for what what happened and, and what he did. Yeah. So I think we can all agree with that. I think pretty much America is on the same page with that. I'm not saying everyone in America, okay? But most of us are on that page. So the question with police, huh? I haven't met anybody that disagrees. Yes. We all agree. And the only thing I'm gonna disagree with, mm-hmm. um, and it's got to be the racism part. Mm-hmm. Because keep in mind, in Atlanta, did you see what happened in Atlanta with the college students? And, and I'm the not four, sure what you're talking the about. Six, the six officers that got uh, fired in Atlanta because they drugged the two college students out of their car. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you know, I think, and, yes. Okay, I did yeah. see that, yeah. So, okay, so those were black cops there. So, mm-hmm. evidently, it's not a racism thing. Right. It's an uh, a overzealous well, I think, and I think. I think like us, all of us here, gun guys on this panel, and and gun mm-hmm. guys have been saying for a long time that there's an overreach happening in America, including when it comes to law enforcement, right or wrong. Right, exactly. Even even your situation when you got pulled over, that could have went sideways at any point in time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. I think John wanted to come in there and add something. Go ahead, John. No, I, w- I was just agreeing with you. It's mm-hmm. it's. You've got departments have got to start doing a better job of policing their own. Mm-hmm. And that has started to become a problem in recent years that they throw up the wall and defend people that should be thrown under the bus. I mean, mm-hmm. as as Rob was just saying, okay, yeah, George Floyd wasn't necessarily a little angel, mm-hmm. but he didn't deserve to die for what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. That saucer, if you look at his record and his personnel file, he should have been fired years ago with the number of complaints and incidents that he's had. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have been a police officer. So mm-hmm. you combine those two situations and you get an even worse situation with what happened. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a no win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think you wanted to say, did you want to add something, Rich? Well, boy, I I could talk a whole show about this. Mm -hmm. Um, First off, I I spent about six months in Minneapolis. Uh, I worked at the Oracle Tower, which is like one of the biggest buildings in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's Minnesota is a weird state. You had Al Franken, Jesse Ventura, Michelle Bachman. Ninety nine percent of Minnesota is farmland. It's like corn and soybean. Not as bad as Iowa, but Mm -hmm. it's close. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of places like Minneapolis probably has 50% of the state's population mm-hmm. right in that, you know, 20 square miles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a now out of demographics, it's one of the top gay cities in the country. So I think it's Minneapolis. I don't know if it's Houston and I forget what the other one was. So it's a very liberal city. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually got my first carry permit in uh, Minnesota. I, I did my first CCW training out there. Mm-hmm. And in Hennepin County, where mini, uh, Minneapolis is, that's, the sheriffs can uh, charge as much as they want for the permit. 
and they can drag their feet as long as they want. Like they can have up to 90 days to, you know, issue the permit or deny. Whereas like the next county over, because I was an out of state registering for a gun there, I went, I, I think it was 14 days I had my permit and it was like $25. Mm-hmm. So it was, so the counties are different. It's, it's very diverse. Yeah, but, but it is a place that's run by um, Democrats, liberals, yes. whatever you want to say. The, uh, the mayor is a very liberal guy. The uh, police chief, black guy, um, at this time, when this happened, it, we're, we're talking about a black man is a police chief as well as the district attorney. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean like Rod was saying that there's diversity. Right. To, to have that, you have to have. So let's let's say like diversity is the thing that we need to solve this, which I don't know if that's 100 percent true. So. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. But let's say it is. You have to actually have people in, in the black community who want to serve as police officers to even. I, I, I don't, yeah. Go ahead. I don't think I don't think that's the issue. I think the, the fact is, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got a lot of bad guys. Keep in mind, somebody had to train uh, that gentleman, um, the Chauvin. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to tra- have trained him. Mm-hmm. And think about who he's trained. So it, it goes down. You know, it's like it's trickling down, and it's a, it's like a disease mm-hmm. because if you got new guys, new recruits, and and one of those guys were, was a new recruit. Uh, two of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, those officers out of the four were new recruits. So if you got a new recruit that's being taught bad by a supervising or or lead uh, officer, mm-hmm. then he's going to teach, you know, he's going to hand it off to the next guy who he teaches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a overwhelming thing. It's, it's a wake up thing. I think, the, I think all of this is actually woke uh, law enforcement up as far as, hey, you can't do this, but there's still this... To me, this is just scratching the surface. This is just like an iceberg. Yeah. When you see the iceberg, you only see a fraction of it, 10% maybe. You know, it, this is going to get deep-rooted. Uh, and then also, keep in mind, they can fire these guys, but guess what? They go to the next county over, yeah. and, you know, you got you still got your job. Yeah. You know? I think, so one, first of all, let me get this Let me get this in. SoCal Gunner gave us five bucks. He says, I think every cop needs training. In the Gracie Combatives course, minimize the threat and keep everyone, uh, in- including the criminal, safe. Um, yeah, you know, one of the like, like we're talking about the culture. So, for example, there was something in the news that um, I'm trying to remember wh- where was it? I think was it Brevard County in Florida that the sheriff there said all these guys getting fired from you know all these police officers getting fired they should come there. To get jobs, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah that kind of that kind the of thing. Yeah, that's not that's not actually a good thing. You know, no. that kind of culture is 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 part of the problem. At the same time, we have to remember that there are professionals that are you know people that are police officers that are professionals, and they don't do this, and they and they do this job for a very good reason and make sacrifices in order to do it. So, yes, we have to approach it and we have to approach this thing in a, in a balanced way. We have to recognize that there's a problem. We have to actually try to do something about it. I think you know, the the thing for me, the reason why I, why I say if these guys out there, if there's uh, you know, people in these cities, if Black Lives Matter, politicians, whoever it is, want to cancel the police, let them do it. 
because I think they're just playing a game with us. They don't want to actually do anything, so they're going to play this let's cancel the police game, and then we'll talk them out of it, and then they'll go, oh, you, you, you guys didn't want us to do that. That's why we didn't do it. When I say, no, go ahead and do that. And let's see what that actually does to the cities. Let's start with the fact that if you lay off, if you all of a sudden lay off the entire police department somewhere, you got to pay those guys. Where's that money coming from? Right? What I want to see is the Hollywood elites that are sending bail money, all that bit. Let the looters, rioters come there and have you not have a police force. Let, let's see how quick these people don't come crying. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't need it. Yeah. Not, no. So I don't think we That's should get. I, I don't think we should give them the out. I think we should because right. something has to be done. And until people in America are actually willing to 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 fix a problem instead of like uh, you know doing doing token things to to deal with that problem, we're not actually going to fix anything. Right. We have to actually sit down and say, OK, now we got that we have to do something about this. We can't talk about it. We can't let it be about who's in who's in office, who's not in office or whatever's going on. We have to actually do something about this to change it instead of thinking, oh, yeah, you know what? We'll just cancel the police department. And you know what that's doing to America? The gun sales keep going up. Oh. It keeps going up. It's not us. It's not us as gun guys doing that. It's all the people in America who never had a gun looking at all of this and going, oh, crap, I think I'm actually going to need one now. I haven't yeah. bought a gun this year. In fact, I, I, I might have bought some ammo. You like, bought, but didn't, you, didn't you buy a Ruger? Come on. I did a video with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bought a Ruger. All right. I- <laughs> Maybe your wife doesn't know about that. I bought that upper, but I printed the yeah, low. Right, right, right. So, uh, uh, but I'm going to let you guys, who who wants to chime in on that? Like, like all the rhetoric and everything versus actually trying to do something about this. John? It's like, it's like with everything. Mm-hmm. It, it's really easy to throw out the, the feel-good, simple solutions. The effective solutions sometimes actually are hard and tough and hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. but those are the ones that are actually going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, there's so many things going on with all this. Like Rich said a while ago, we could go on for hours about mm-hmm. it, but law enforcement's got to do a better job. Individual police officers, when they see another fellow police officer crossing a line somewhere, they need to be grabbing them by the throat. No. You're not going to do that and give me a bad name. They need to be backed up by those above them. People have got to support the good police officers. Mm -hmm. I saw the best meme on that, John. It was um, the payments that they have to, you know, the courts decide that the cops have to pay for brutality and all that. It should come out of the pension fund. You want to see that crap stop immediately? Make your head spin. Yeah. The other bad thing with all this is what so many people are not paying attention to, and I don't say that to take away from the the issue that started it all, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of bad actors who sit and wait for things like this to happen Mm -hmm. on both a minor scale and a really big scale Mm -hmm. to take advantage of, and they're wreaking a divide that is getting deeper by the day mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really concerned that a lot of people just aren't paying attention to that. They don't see it when we should be doing things to try to minimize that divide, not 
you know, separating us to come together, fix the issues, even though some of it may be a little painful, a little tough. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to suck up their egos, though, and, and do what needs to be done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, even politically, I mean, we all we everybody knows the old saying that, that the, the liberals have followed for years. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Don't think for a minute that there aren't those in positions of power that are drooling over the idea right now, mm-hmm. because I've got some friends who work very closely in politics as their jobs, and there's already a quiet call just for like this thing in Minneapolis and getting rid of the police department of wanting to federalize the police force, to make a federalized national police force. Mm-hmm. There are those who want that, and they're salivating at the idea of doing it. Problem is, our sheriffs mm-hmm. have to understand, because there's a lot of them nowadays that don't, there's a reason why the sheriff of a county is the most powerful elected official in a state. It, it was designed that way from the get-go for the local sheriff to have a lot of power, mm-hmm. to keep that power localized in a local elected official that the county can vote in and yeah, out. Yeah, so he serves the people and not, like, let's say the federal government or something like that. Or, like, yeah. not completely like a police chief of the city is mm-hmm. appointed used by the mayor. Mm-hmm. So he works for the mayor, not the people. Sheriff works for the people. Mm-hmm. They're who put him in and who takes him out. But it's at a small enough level mm-hmm. that that's somebody the people really have a say so over in voting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and I with the bottom to the top. There, there's things people need to be paying attention to like that. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, smash the thumbs up for everyone that's out there. Um, I, I'm gonna say something. I, I think what you to just to go back to what you said. There's so many different um, interest groups. Looking at what's happening in America now, um, some of the ones that we would readily agree with and some of the ones we may not, but there's so many people vested in this, not on the same side, on different sides. Whenever you have a situation that that people on different sides are that have a vested interest in the same thing, you have that same thing blowing up, right? That's what happens. That's when you know it's going to go wrong. It's it's ironic that the same people, so like these uh, these these guys in Congress, right, Pelosi and Schumer, they're planning on disarming us. How exactly are they planning on disarming us? Who are they? Who happen. are they? But but who are they going to use to disarm us? How are they, they going to do that? If they get that federal police force, they'll try. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the setup that was going on. But at the same time, these guys are out there like, oh, no, police. we need to get rid of the police department. How does this you know, how do these things make sense when you look at all this stuff? How does it make sense that they're on one hand going to disarm everyone in America? And on the other hand, they're going to pull all the, the police officers in America. Does that make any kind of sense to you? Is there something weird and crazy going on here that this is why like m- most people are smart enough to get this and this is why people who were never gun guys like us, like died in the wool gun guys, we're aware of like what's new and all this kind of stuff, you know, we're training, we're, we're stocking up ammo, we're buying guns, doing everything. Now there's people on the completely opposite side and everything that's out there for sale, they're buying it. Because yeah, people see that. They, they can't get it on Amazon. Huh? You can't order guns on Amazon? Have them delivered to your yeah, house? That, this is a cold, harsh reality that everyone's coming to. Rod Mills, um, you know, instead of me running my mouth, I think you probably have something to uh, to say here. I mean, 
right now, I can tell you this. There are people behind the scenes that are benefiting, just like John said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, what drives people? Money and power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so we, we may not know what's going on behind the scenes right now, mm-hmm. but you, you can best believe there are. But it, I was looking at a video today where uh, a guy uh, had some markers and he was just kind of, um, you know, it. yeah, you saw that same one. Yeah. And it, I knew a little bit of that, but it kind of, he put it in perspective about, okay, so these n- news networks, man, they are making killing over the last, what, two, three weeks mm-hmm. with the riots and everything. Man, they're on 24 hours a day. They got all these special panelists mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're filming everything. Normally, news agencies wouldn't get this type of um, uh, uh, publicity, you know, because this is the summer months. What's going on in summer? Nothing, really. Well, we're, we're all on vacation. We're thinking about where we want to go on yeah. vacation, that kind of oh, stuff, man, getting out to the beach. Yeah. They are eating this. Uh, man, they are making millions and millions of dollars. Um, you know, the uh, the big That's news not. people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, trust me, it's it's it's. We don't know everything, but again, uh, those people that were, you know, they had professional instigators that come in that burn, you know, buildings, uh, provide. Bur- okay, first and foremost, I knew something was up when I started seeing uh, bricks, you know, pre staged for the people. I'm like, hold on now. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, I'm like, come on now. Okay, so who's, who's putting these damn bricks out here now, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, so and we it's like, have we verified that that's not a coincidence? Have we actually have we verified anything? Like we're supposed to have all these government agencies, government law enforcement enforcement agencies, right? How come we don't know who are the people? Because I don't have a problem with people protesting. Oh, by the way, I am pro protests. It's the rioting and the looting that I'm I'm against that, right? So how come we don't know who's instigating all of this? How come we don't how come there's no one there's no one in law enforcement telling us, hey, these people are shipping people out, busing people out here. These people have this background, they have that background. Why why are we not uh, privy to that information? Well, I, I believe that um, you know, they may be privy to it. They may I, they may be on their heels. It's just like if you're fighting a boxing match. Mm-hmm. Hell, if you're on your heels, it's hard to be offensive when you're on the defense. And pretty much, okay, you got to think. Now you see how vulnerable police department, the police agencies are mm-hmm. when you got all of these people out there. You know. No, I understand what at, you're saying, but but here's what I'm saying to you: Who the hell have these people been watching then? Who have they been watching all this time? You know, have they been watching us and not watching Antifa? Who, who have they been watching? How, how come they're on their heels? How come they're caught off guard by this? This is their very job. You know, and, and it's disappointing to me. It's just like what happened in Parkland. The FBI, you know, they got all these notifications of this. People like, hey, there's something wrong here. Where the hell are these guys? How come, how come this has to happen and go down? And they're not, they, they should be reacting to it ahead of time instead of now trying to figure it out if they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, they're being reactive and not proactive, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But again, now I can tell you this, uh, mm-hmm. Jacksonville Sheriff's Office here, we had um, uh, 
a protest here that started off peacefully. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as the night came, you had your instigators that came in, Mm -hmm. you know, and but they shut that crap down quick. You know, huh? Say that again, John. So they shut it down most ricky tick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They went hard after the people that were the bad actors. Yeah. And said two can play that game and you didn't hear mm-hmm. no more about the bad actors. Mm-hmm. I got a I got a good friend of mine that's um on JSO SWAT mm-hmm. and he he is the designated sniper. Uh of course um and you know Hank you knew mm-hmm. I worked for the I worked for the NFL for what 13 years. Mm-hmm. Uh so every NFL game they got two teams of designated snipers at every NFL game. Mm-hmm. Uh he's he's one of those guys. Uh, so he sits in his uh, in his little perch with his tripod, you know, with his uh, AR-15 on that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I, I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. And but you know, he told me, he said, "Hey, look, you know, uh, we got snipers out there. The minute somebody starts doing something where uh, they feel that somebody's life is in danger, you're not even gonna hear. It. You're just gonna see people just dropping, you know." Because, you know, they got silences and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, but JSO took care of that real quick. You know, I was glad of that. Uh, the only only qualm I got about with JSO at this point is uh, they have a policy where they don't release body body cam footage. You know, okay. that is my that's my only qualm that I have with them. I got plenty of. I have, have all sorts of sunshine laws in Florida that I don't know how you can. Yeah, how are they not? That. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How are they not releasing body cam footage, and how are they getting away with that in the state of Florida? That I, I can't say okay. honestly right mm-hmm. now, but I I got people that I've trained. Mm-hmm. I got GS officers that I've trained mm-hmm. personally. I got good friends um, in there, uh, so it's a lot of good officers. Mm-hmm. There are some bad ones mm-hmm. for sure. Okay? Yeah, you know. Uh, my same friend that I was telling you about that's a sniper, he actually was in an officer-involved shooting where he got uh, shot seven times, and he actually had to kill uh, uh, a young black man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he gave the story, you know, and he said, that, hey, look, you know, the, the guy that he killed, uh, came, his parent, one of his parents was law enforcement, retired law enforcement, came from a good family had never been in trouble, had never had a record, but, you know, he had got caught shoplifting and, you know, ran and, you know, when he tried to um, arrest him, he broke out a gun and started shooting, mm. you know? Yeah. Seven times he got shot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, and I, I can I can see the, the, the video and the story and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, believe it or not, there are people that need to die, that need to get killed, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there are dangerous people out there, mm-hmm. you know, and by disarming uh, the police department, man, you know what? If if if, if Jacksonville Sheriff's Office disarmed right now, I'm gonna tell you this: I would immediately start ordering uh, magazines and ammo. Uh, I would go into like a mili- uh John, you know how we we when 
you know, we go into our, our defensive mode where, you know, we're digging foxholes, we're getting ready for, you know, the enemy I'll be to moving, come. I'll be getting out of Jacksonville, but, yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, that's what I would be doing. I don't think any police know? officers, I don't, I would not, you know, I've never been a police officer like you guys. I've never done law enforcement or military like uh, like Rod, yourself, and John. But I, I would recommend that if you're a police officer and you get disarmed, uh, don't do that job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't do Transfer. Yeah, do not do that job. I mean, listen, the, the, did you guys see, um, I was looking at this video from uh, Tampa with Titus O'Neill. Did you guys see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, this is, I believe he's a football player. I'm not, I don't know a lot about sports. But he, he's in Tampa, and he, he had a conversation with, um, with the, like, the, the cops behind him in Tampa, and he was talking about a lot of this. And he was saying pretty much what we're saying here, that he's upset about what happened to George Floyd. At the same time, this, is, this isn't a reason for people in Florida or other places to destroy their towns and their cities behind something that happened somewhere else. What we have right. to do is fix that situation because it's real. You know, and if we're all acknowledging it's real, we have to fix it. But then turning around and destroying your city and putting yourself in danger. And even even he was talking about like, you know, um, who who would what parents would let their kids be out there doing this stuff? Well, I mean, real is this is AstroTurf. That's what's real. They've been planning this for a very long time. This mm-hmm. this they were just waiting for a trigger event to rally around. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this in England. They're doing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, there is no reason. When, when you think about, think back about. Oh, 45 um, Auto, I'm sorry. 45 Auto says he's a pro wrestler. He doesn't know if he ever played football. Okay, so that's just me making assumptions that he was a football player because he was a big black guy. But, well, you know, I mean. But yeah. Look at the Michael Brown shooting. Uh-huh. Look at all of the different events. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, other than St. Louis, mm-hmm. where they're rioting, uh, you know, the Ferguson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything like this. There hasn't been anything like this in a very long time. And this is, you know, all all across the country, all the major cities, this is totally astroturf. They were waiting for some event to just light places on fire. Mm-hmm. This is all orchestrated. Yeah. The, uh, next, go ahead, John. goes directly into a conversation that I was having with, with a friend. So I was perfectly fine, kind of like you said a while ago, Hank. With, with protest, mm-hmm. yeah, people want to protest and march and speak their mind. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. The moment you start damaging people's private property or endangering people's lives, you've lost me. Yeah, you forfeit right. everything at that if, point. If you want, if they wanted to burn something down, why go burn down the mom and pop diner? If they were burning down the Minneapolis the police department building. Then I kind of, I might have, not saying I would, but I might have just kind of sat back and go, wow, maybe y'all should have done a better job on your on your people. But at least they're going after mm-hmm. the direct problem, right. per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. But all the random looting and rioting and endangering people and all that, no, you lost me there. You know. Yeah, it seems very organized and deliberate. Obviously, we had this whole right. COVID-19 thing, um, shutting people indoors. But where are they, like, who... I've got kids. My kids are uh, 19 and 20 years old, going on 20 and 21. I'm, I'm not letting my kids. My kids go out, but there's no way in hell that I'm going to knowingly let my kids get involved in anything like that. And I hope that I'm a better parent than they would just go out there and get into that 
what, what's right. happening here? Where are these people coming from? What are these people doing? Let me tell you this. The first thing uh, when I saw uh, that first night that Atlanta uh, began to riot, mm-hmm. and I looked at my parenting skills, I, I said to myself, I said, you know what? Should I call my daughter to find, make sure that she's not there? Because that would break my heart to, to see her on TV in the months of that. But I'm like, hey. I, I said, yeah, I think you're a better t- parent than t- that. <laughs> I, I said, time out. Man, my daughter has three degrees. You know, she's she she's um she's a a, a a much better kid than that. But I made sure I said, hey, where are you at right now? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm home. I'm home, Dad. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, she she she'll be 26. She's a grown adult. She can do what she wants. She'll she'll always but, be your daughter, though. Right. Exactly. So you know, I had to make sure because I'm like. Okay, so the first thing I need to know is if something like that happened, Mm -hmm. okay, all right, I'm going up 95, I'm going up uh, 75, uh, and I'm heading to Atlanta, and, you know, I'm I'm kicking ass and taking names, you know, uh, if if something would have happened to her. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to, you know, I I tell her, hey, don't make me come up there and act a fool on somebody, you know, on something that you could have avoided. Yeah, but so, so, but but where is... This brings, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off here, but this brings up something. Mm-hmm. Where is the personal responsibility for all the people involved in this? And by the way, the people involved in this mm-hmm. are not all black. Right, right. Exactly. Not, they're, they're all racist. Yeah. You know, so and, what's what's and, happening here? Where's the, you know, first of all, right. what are what are some of these people? Some of these people, what are they mad about? And where are the people who are responsible for them? I know I've seen some things like I've seen some stuff on the news. There was like a, a, a white mother and father that turned in their kid because they saw him. You know, they saw him writing and the police were like, hey, we're looking for this person. And they turned him in and all that. But where's the rest of that going on in America? Yeah, they're, they're SJW virtue signaling. I, I got a buddy uh, and he's in Overland Park uh, in Let's see, is it Kansas? He's in Kansas Kansas, Mm because that's the, or is, uh, what is it, Kansas City's in Kansas and Missouri. So there's KC Mo and KCK. Mm -hmm. He's telling me, he's looking at the local news, Mm -hmm. and it's like 95% white people out there. He's like, what is going on? What is wrong with these people? Now, now my friend's a a liberal guy. I mean, he's a 2A guy. But he's like, what is wrong with these white people going out doing this stuff? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's the perfect storm. You keep everybody cooped up for two and a half months. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, people lose their jobs, and it, it's kind of like I. But I but, 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 when, but if that's happening, up. they're disenfranchising the people that have a legitimate thing to protest about mm-hmm. here, and that have a legitimate cause that America should be listening to. It's almost like we're not listening to that anymore. <laughs> that's what I was saying a while ago. That's why I think it's all being hijacked. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know. There are bad actors at, at high levels who sit and wait. They've got mm-hmm. this stuff planned out. They wait for an opportunity for something like this, and that's when they pounce mm-hmm. and get people riled up and fomented, and then everybody loses focus of what the original problem even was. Yeah. Um, All okay. Thumb says, I saw a father run into a building to loot with his child on CNN. W2F. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you, that's you know- sad. If If that's true, that's sad. So. You know, the, the, the one thing, you know, we can all understand mm-hmm. the, the cause um, of what's going on. The thing that I hate is all the commercialism now. Mm-hmm. OK, because uh, you got 
when you when you start having legislators on their knee and the, yeah. the mayors and the man, that's commercializing I, everything. I, that, I, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Are you talking about the? So let me let me just uh, the can't take law. Yeah, that's that's man. That, oh, okay, okay, you know what now. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this, so this strikes. So this, I'm gonna, you know, this. I just want to pull this up while you're talking about it because this personally uh, is something that kind of, to me, I was, uh, you know, not. Yeah, I was, I was offended by seeing all these right. legislators that all of a sudden were trying to come out in kente cloth. And one of the reasons for that is, um, as you guys know, Lola is is Ghanaian, right? Right, and right. and uh, that's where this kente cloth comes from, right? So that kente that cloth they probably had came from Walmart or something. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So I'm gonna try to I'll, I'll try to put some different things up here. But everyone, are they culturally appropriating? Isn't that there's, evil? There's a lot of things going on here. There's a lot of things going on here with uh, these guys getting into this. You know, um, so so many things. One of the things that's that's funny, like I remember seeing that Kente Claw thing and saying to Lola, "What the hell is happening right here? What is this about? Like, what what do these guys do? They even understand what they're wearing, what the meaning of it is, you know? Um, and they're just putting this thing out there. You know what's funny, guys? Lots of other people are very offended by all this Kente cloth nonsense that these guys decided to get into and Amen. and one of the things that they don't realize and as a matter of fact there was a there was a video i think lola sent it to me but you guys can uh let me see if i have that video here i think i have it here's there's a um there was a video that oh here, here we go i have the picture i'll show you i'll be able to throw that up here there was a video who was it that did that video i think it was john legend they did this comedy sketch a little while back where they were talking about how there's people out there to make themselves seem pro-black or whatever they throw on the kente cloth and then they just go out there now all of a sudden we're seeing the same thing and i was it's just interesting to me that everyone because i thought oh people if if i you know i i feel offended by seeing that but are other I, people right, I'm upset here what's they're up? not showing wobbler who can't kneel and get up Wadler had to stand through the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, Nadler. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, it's it's really it's really really crazy the level that we've gotten to, and that everyone realizes that this is a massive joke. This is a yeah. massive joke that these guys are yeah. up to, and then what? And so their way of fixing it is, oh, let's bring out this kente cloth. You know, now you're going to politicize this particular thing and you're going to open it for lots of different interpretation. Why even do that? Why not just fix the problem that exists instead of thinking that you could throw something on and this is good? You know, obviously it's virtue right. signaling. Right. That does nothing for me. Yeah. Watching virtue signaling that doesn't actually require them to do anything yeah. hard and tough. And Going back to the root issue, what does that have to do with George Floyd dying? What does it have to do with anything? What, why do you death? even want? What to, does any of that have to do with it? No, I don't even think they realize. First of all, what it is, right? They don't realize what the cloth is, what the cloth symbolizes. First of all, it, it, this is my opinion. They don't care. Lola will tell you a different thing. It symbolizes um, wealth to certain, uh, like she's from Ghana, to certain tribes 
in Ghana, right, or in West Africa symbolizes wealth. But it could symbolize a lot of things to people, right? What, why are you even pulling, what does this have to do with anything? Anything. I bet Africans were looking at that. No, there's like, Africans, <laughs> there's Africans really pissed off about it. Like, what are yeah, you doing? I, I bet they're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, why are you pulling? I thought it was actually, you know what? When I first saw it, I thought it was photo, photoshopped. I'm yeah. like, oh. I'm like, nah. It was a meme? Be. You thought it was a you meme? Like they can't be that dumb to yeah. do that? Yeah, I'm like, they actually did that? No, I'm no like, yeah, they, they are. Yeah. What was that, Lola? It's yeah. Lola said it's going to become a meme, and that's unfortunate because I don't yes. think I don't think they realize like the can of worms that you open by doing all of these things. And and like I could get into it myself. I mean, Lola probably doesn't want to hear this. Me personally, I wouldn't even wear the kente cloth, by the way. And I'll tell you why. If the cop shot George Floyd instead of kneeling, would they go like that for eight minutes? I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing. Like, I, I personally wouldn't wear the kente cloth. And I'll tell you why. I'm descendant of slaves. I'm from the Caribbean. Okay. My when 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 I did my genetic thing, I already knew this. I'm Ghanaian and Nigerian. But as far as I'm concerned, that cloth is associated with the people who sold their own brothers and sisters into slavery. And so if you want to start, if you want to start going down this path, you're just going to open up a whole can of worms that's not even worth it when at the end of the day, <laughs> the problem is here in America. And, and instead of putting on some cloth, we should just deal with what the problem is. You know? when, I, when I when I saw Nancy Pelosi with that, I, now I'm, I'm 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 actually dating my age now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it went back to, to remember the, uh, the the airplane movies back in. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> <laughs> And remember the, the white people that were on the plane talking jive talk, <laughs> and I'm like that made me think of that. I'm like wow. Yeah, I mean, I you was know? telling Lola that these people probably think this has something to do with Kwanzaa or something. They don't even yeah, they don't even know? they don't even understand what they're getting into. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. And, and like, l- listen, I, I don't even want to talk about that so much as why and, and who is accepting that. And the funny thing about it is even the people on the left look at that and they're like, what's happening? There's Lola was showing me stuff from the people like the guys in the roots, these people, that people like what, what the hell is happening to these people? Honestly, I think it's the continued thing that the liberal Democrats have done for so long. It's pandering. They they try to get the black vote specifically, and they're so high and mighty, they think that, that, that not all, but some black people are so low IQ that if they just pander to them, they'll just keep voting for them. I, all I my black friends say the same thing y'all. They look at it and go, what the heck are these idiots doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they truly believe that. And yeah. to try to get people to open their eyes and say, Look how ignorant and stupid these people think all of us are. It's, are. Yeah. Look at how stupid people. they are. That they exactly. actually thought that that was a thing to do. What were you trying to say, Rich? I, I think it's cultural. Just I'll, I'll tell you what. Am I a big Trump supporter? Am I a big conservative? Am I a member of my local Tea Party? Hell yes, I am. Do I have a Trump sticker on my car, an AR-15 sticker on my car? No, no, because I'm worried somebody's going to bust it up. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had a beater tr- pickup truck, yeah, I, I'd throw just, all that on. Just throw some kente cloth on there and you'd be fine. 
Yeah, uh, you know what? I mean, see, I'm already, I'm already getting into. <laughs> oh man, I like. I heard Lola got, complaining. Hey, what, if, what if George Floyd was a white man and he was Jewish? You know, it would still be wrong. There, it would still and, be and, wrong. And where, where is that the yarmulke? Is that yeah. the yarmulke? Yeah. yeah. Well, we, you know, we wore that. They would look at us like, "What the hell is wrong with?" I actually went to a friend of mine that passed away two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Jewish. I didn't know he was Jewish till I actually got to the funeral. And, you know, they gave the yarmulkes out. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm like, damn, should I wear this? Or Well, I it's respectful. Right I think it's respectful this. inside the church, right? Men should cover their heads, right? So, yeah. yeah. You're supposed to cover your head yeah. to God. Yeah. But. yeah. And there is that you know, same in Rome. You know? yeah, for and sure. I'm like... Mm-hmm. I just held it out. I'm like, man, I don't know what I should do. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not Jewish. I don't think I should wear this. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. So the term is goyim. Yeah. Or, uh, well, there's okay. one thing if you're trying. So let me just say this. It's one thing if you're trying to be respectful, right? Like when in right. Rome, you're here, like you're in a church, you're in a synagogue, you're mm-hmm. in a mosque for that matter, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, you, you, you need to be respectful of that place. How the hell is this respectful? That these people all of a sudden, this one time for this photo op, these are the people who were just complaining about Trump doing the photo op with the Bible. Do you remember and they, that? And they went and did one. It's the no, difference but, but between being respectful and pandering. Yeah, like, you're, yeah. You're, you're in on my game. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Let me get this um, up here. Chris, Chris Winsett says, uh, he gave us 10 bucks here. He says, it's a small percent of the population protesting in the point zero zero one to point zero 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 one media <laughs> multiplied, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, pretty much. So, yeah, there's a concept. I'll give I you always... my two cents from the cold hard truth. Go ahead. None of this stuff's going to get solved until people finally are willing to come to grips of good people helping good people. And bad people getting taken care of by the good people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's where the line has to stop. It shouldn't. Race, religion, creed, none of that should come into the equation. Mm -hmm. At all. It should be good person, bad person. There's good police officers, bad police officers. Mm -hmm. There's good people and bad people of every race, creed, color. None of that should matter. Mm -hmm. Wrong is wrong and right is right. Mm -hmm. Until people start accepting that and dealing with it, Mm This is going to get none of it's going to get solved. Absolutely. Color you are. I care what you do and what you say. Primarily what you do, mm-hmm. but that's it. Nothing else yeah. comes into factor with me. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rod. Well, I mean, well, go go go. With what you say because what I'm, I'm no, what I was going to say is this. It's like let's say John, something happened to me. Right, we're friends. We know each other. Something happened to me. Um, and you, you did you decide to show up in in like some kente cloth or whatever, this one time, <laughs> that's actually the the it's it's the opposite of respectful, right? It's like hey, I'm I'm just gonna do this right now. When yes, the truth is this would be bad if it happened to it, it, it is bad if it happens to anyone. If it happens to a white guy, black guy, Asian guy, a man or woman, <laughs> yeah. You know, none of, like, yeah, none of that should matter to us. Kids, they have to keep fomenting the thing that they say they want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to get rid of it, stop perpetuating it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, should we should we should we figure out like what was wrong with this police officer? For sure. Wrong is wrong. Yeah. He should have been like yeah. I said to start. With, yeah. Looking at his personnel file. 
that should have set off bells with somebody somewhere when you've got a list of disciplinary actions a page long. Mm-hmm. There should be a clue in there. I wasn't ever a detective, but that should be a clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And the and the ironic thing is things are being done about that. And I think people I think people that are protesting realize there's things being done. And, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll say it again. The people who are protesting, I'm, I'm fine with that. Sometimes I, I wish that in the gun community, we actually knew knew how to put on uh, a live enough protest in terms of, you know, I've found it especially lately very difficult <laughs> for, for that to happen. Yeah, it's. When gun people protest, it's really boring and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which which is a good thing. I think, you know, obviously... Yeah. Considering what they could do if they wanted to, yeah. For sure. Nobody pays attention to that. For sure, for sure. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, it'll, you know, we'll get more organized and, and we'll get better at doing it. But the, uh, the violent side of this, the destruction side of it, I think, and then more people dying uh, behind it, I don't know, it's, you know... It's a terrible thing. Um, let's see here. Do we want to try to? Do you guys feel, uh, you know, you you want to go on to another thing here? Should we talk about some gear? Should we talk about what? Go ahead. Well, go well, ahead, well I got something. Um, yeah. I did the two A community a good deed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I actually took it upon myself to take a person, a young lady mm-hmm. that's running for judge here mm-hmm. in Duval County. Okay. Uh, her name is uh, Rhonda Peoples Waters, mm-hmm. and I took her out to the range uh, to shoot because I thought that, you know what, I said to myself, you know what, we can't change people from the outside. You can only change people from the inside. Much like, and I tell people, ask me about, say, well, why are you a member of the NRA? And I say, hey, look. I can I can say all I want to on the outside and it won't get heard, but until I become a member and I become and I come inside, that's how change happens. Mm-hmm. So you know what? It was it was very very enriching to her because she had never shot in a gun, mm-hmm. didn't know anything about guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got her um, you know checked in. She did a safety video. Uh, she even had to take a safety test. We went down range, um, and anybody that's taken my class, they know I kind of institute a little bit of uh, drill sergeant in there a little bit in my mm-hmm. in my training because mm-hmm. and, and John John knows what I'm talking about, and um, you know I even have my my booty hat and I kind of wear oh, it like boy. a brown round, <laughs> you know, and but and, but that's when you get people because I can't they're used to. The, the people that know me, they know me. That, hey, I'm the fun guy. Mm-hmm. No, when we get on that range, hey, you know what? We're on a whole different thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you're dealing with tools that can kill you or me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and when I got her out there, man, and she's a mother, and I love teaching women that are mothers because once you tell them that that target isn't a target, that's somebody that's coming to kill you or rape you or kill your kids. They look at it a whole a whole lot different, and then instantly they 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 eye in, they key in. Now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, we got I got to take this thing, this person out here, mm-hmm. and I did it with her. Man, she had a ball mm-hmm. and has already. She hit me up today, Rod. I can't wait to go back out to the range. When's your next opening class? Awesome, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know the thing is, if you get and she's actually predicted to win. 
um, you know, uh, her that position. So the main thing is that we can get people in like a judge to be a two-way person, to understand the two-way community. Because when I took her out there, she didn't see, she saw everything. Mm-hmm. She's black people. She saw white people. She seen. She saw young people, mm-hmm. old people, males, females. And I let her know. I said, "This is the one place that you can go, where you don't have to worry about politics, race, religion, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You go out there and you, you, you're just having fun." I let her. I, I, I gave her that uh, my Glock forty three, and she went at it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for, for, normally for the first thirty minutes. You know, she was a little uh, apprehensive, mm-hmm. a little afraid, a little afraid of the recoil. Mm-hmm. But once I took her out of that, and I know when I have a person's attention and that they're in their focus is when they stop listening to all the the uh, uh, guns going off next to them in the other quarters, mm-hmm. you know, in the other ranges. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you take a new shooter out there, the first thing they're doing yeah, jumpy. They're jittery. Mm-hmm. Once they call down from that, that's when I know I have them. And that's when I usually start the real teaching part of the class, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, so, yeah, I just want to, you know, let you guys know what I, you know, I try to do the two-way community a big favor by getting somebody in that type of position, you know, into it. Because maybe, who knows, she may have a case mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, a two-way guy, a good guy, May have had to uh, just you know use his weapon against a bad guy. Maybe, maybe at some point it will come back to her. Wow, you know what? I knew I shot this. I did this. You know what? Maybe this person, you know, changes perspective. Changes perspective. Yeah. yeah. Too many times that we, we do we have to look listen to politicians mm-hmm. and, or or people in power. No earthly idea mm-hmm. on guns and what guns do and that and the first thing i taught her this is a magazine not a clip mm-hmm. say it again for me. this is a, and she said <laughs> i think we lost john for a second but i think we'll hopefully we'll get him yeah. back here go ahead mm-hmm. and, and you know i, I taught her ter- correct terminology mm-hmm. i made her load that magazine herself mm-hmm. she had she had um the slide release you know uh mag release uh, racking around, you know, she did. I, I made her do all of that because I wanted you to know exactly everything that goes into shooting a gun, mm-hmm. you know, from picking the gun up to actually trigger squeeze, mm-hmm. even taller than well, you know, mm-hmm. shoot, shoot center mass, you know, that's where all your vital organs are. No, no, you and, gotta shoot them in the leg, like Joe Biden says, yeah, right. But you know, I, I just wanted to kind of, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we don't listen to Joe Biden around here. <laughs> we don't listen to Joe Biden. You know, yeah. you know Rod, I, I hate to like be throwing cold water on what you're saying. I think you had a real good experience. That I think that was probably very meaningful. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we got congressmen like my congressman, Brian Mast, who was an EOD tech. Mm-hmm. And before he got elected, he was coming to our Tea Party meeting all the time and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm – I'm a gun guy. I'll meet you at the range. We'll go shoot together. Now he's like, well, I want to make all semi-automatics illegal. You know, mm-hmm. that's they're not good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once they drink that Washington Kool-Aid, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, but I, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, what you're saying, Rich. But it, at least 
she knows some information thanks to Rod now right. that she right. can make a better decision versus not knowing anything. I know that guy probably I, I get what you're saying. I think it happens a lot, right? People come out there right. and they play the game, but then when it becomes a, a a power thing or whatever, they go one way. But you know what? At least it, it's it's better than her never having that firearms experience. Oh yeah, and then having oh, yeah. to make and, this like decision. I, said, I don't mean to yeah. throw cold water mm-hmm. because Rod. You might do that a hundred times, but you'll have one that gets out there says, "Hell no, that saved my life," mm-hmm. and they get elected. Yeah, and that's right. a big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you uh you you never know. And uh, to be honest with you, that person um is highly likely you know to go on and 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 uh, pursue other avenues in politics or something like that. You know, so maybe mm-hmm. not just be a judge and and move on. But especially, I think, like Rod was saying, like being a mother, that's probably something that's going to gonna stick with her, you know? Maybe oh, sometimes yeah. over the macho guys who think, oh, I don't need no guns or whatever. You know, we right. all do. We all do. It's, it's, it's the great equalizer. And no matter how badass you are, how good you think you are with your hands, we're all going to need that. But I think a lot of times it's uh, in the in the position of uh, of like let's say you know if you put it in the from the point of view of women I think they're a lot more they have a lot more wisdom let's put it that way <laughs> over us as guys who ju- we just have a lot of bravado okay it looks like we got um, looks like we got John back hey yeah, John my internet crashed no that's cool man that's cool <laughs> uh, yeah uh, I think your background there is blurred I don't know whether or not you want it to be blurred. But you probably have to go into Skype and turn off the background blur. That would be in the Skype. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, listen, I think that was a good thing. I think hopefully, you know, she keeps reinforcing that. There you go. You got it. And, um, you know, we we have to try to be good ambassadors for the Second Amendment, I think. You know, for uh, personal responsibility and the right of the individual to protect themselves and the people they care about. So... Good I stuff. was going to follow up with mm-hmm. what ahead. Rod said a while ago. When it comes to training women, mm-hmm. I've helped teach women before, especially mothers. Mm-hmm. And when you get a mother, and like Rod said, you get them out of that mindset of a target, but mm-hmm. that's a threat that's coming them or their children. If you can get that switch to flip, get that mama bear to come out, mm-hmm. that's when they... Women can be ferocious whenever you get get mm-hmm. the right ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you're still having some uh, issues there with the internet, John. Yeah, my internet. Yeah. Yeah, my internet. Yeah. I don't know if you have any other devices that are getting mm-hmm. online. Maybe you got to look. You, you know what, John? John, I'm glad your internet is messing up because Lola, Lola <laughs> always gets on me about my internet. And now, now she sees how it is in Jacksonville. <laughs> she, before you oh, came boy. on today, and, and she was like, Rod, So two people in Jacksonville can't be online at the same time? Is that <laughs> it's just Jacksonville, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no joke. It's bad here. It really is. Okay. And, right. and I'm Business. How you guys? How is Jacksonville letting Gainesville be better? Well, Gainesville is actually not any better. I mean, I even say that Gainesville. All of Florida is terrible with the internet here. Um, listen, let's go on. We've got John here. This is a guy who makes gear. Can we can we talk about that a little bit? Who here wears like these? Uh, what are we what are we calling it? Like tactical vests? Uh, 
uh, plate chest carriers, rig. chest rigs. What's the proper vernacular? Depends on the item. Okay. Depends on the item. Okay. What's what's your most? Go ahead. Yeah, I got a question. What, what makes yours different than military? Like you say, okay, uh, civvies want something different than the military law enforcement. Well, mm-hmm. Good question. So, I'm not making chest rigs for you to hold 12 mags and an embitter mm-hmm. and all this other dedicated military law enforcement gear. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I don't know. Maybe we lost John there for a second. It's a secret. You can't know. Yeah. No, we'll probably we'll, we'll get him back here. Jacksonville. Oh. Jacksonville Internet. You're back. You're back. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me yeah. find a cord to cut here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, so, John. It's me, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. My, my chest rigs, just to start over, because I don't know what anybody got or didn't get. Mm-hmm. I'm not making rigs that's going to hold 10, 12, 18 mags and, and embedded radios and mm-hmm. all the other kind of related military and law enforcement type equipment. Mm-hmm. Most of my chest rigs only hold like four mags. I do have some that will hold six, you know, thereabouts. But it's designed to be fairly low profile, lightweight, with a focus on movement and getting out of trouble quicker than you got into it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I'm not even the zombie apocalypse. I'm still not looking to go get in a gunfight. Mm-hmm. I'm going right. to be looking to get out of a fight if I can or avoid one. And in that context, that's where mobility is going to be my key. I'm not a... 40-man military platoon that's going to be armored up and can just move like a turtle and just creep along, taking ground, advancing, mm-hmm. having resupply, having air support, et cetera, et cetera. I won't have all that. Mm-hmm. All I'll have is what I've got with me, and if, if, if I'm lucky and God blesses me, a couple of family or friends with me. Mm-hmm. So at that point, what we've got is what we've got. We've got to be mindful of how quickly we can move and get out of trouble. We got to be mindful of ammo management. Can't just go around getting into shootouts, blasting away at everything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my focus: is the, the the lightweight, simple movement, staying hidden kind of thing. But then also, what sets mine apart? Let me grab something real quick. Okay. And I love I love gear. Okay, here we go. So, like. My magazine pouches are secured with this little tuck tab right here. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps the flap closed. There's no buckles. There's no Velcro. There's no bungee cord. There's nothing to wear out, nothing to break. It's completely silent. And under stress, you just can grab it with your hand and just pull it, and it opens up. Now, I have to tell people my stuff's not for competition. If you want to go shoot three-gun matches and speed reloads and competitions, that's not what mine's for. But if you're in a real fight where you're going to be behind cover, not just standing out in the open squared up like we like to practice sometimes, I'm protecting my magazine and I'm retaining it because it's important that I keep it and keep it working, but I can still access it really quickly to get to it. 
this also doesn't wear out. So that's kind of my little trademark is is the the, the tuck tab closure on uh, on the mag pouches and stuff on the rigs. Okay, I've, I've got a question for you. I think John was asking this question earlier, so um, I'm going to try to get it in. John Parson says, "Ask John about the largest size he makes." If it means by the largest size of like. Yeah. Body size? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What do you mean exactly by that, John? Are you talking about like large, extra large, or are you talking about for magazine or uh, what? So is that? Make, that's one of those things that you have to kind of strike a balance, right? Mm -hmm. I can't put and be cost effective. I can't put, you know, three feet worth of adjustment on every piece of webbing, mm -hmm. you know, because ninety percent of the people that get it are going to have two feet hanging there doing nothing right yeah. so so, so years, do you make like have, a do you make a, a five extra large i don't know no all okay. somebody's got i mean if you're a bigger guy mm -hmm. i mean if you're like you know freaking big barrel chested guy or uh -huh. big round guy whatever tactical fat care. tactical fat i just <laughs> let, let let me know when you order mm -hmm. hey i'm a bigger guy and i'll probably ask you okay give me some approximate numbers mm -hmm. and then I'll add extra webbing onto a rig when I make it for a guy. Mm -hmm. That's one of the benefits of being a, a smaller one-man operation. I can tailor things a little bit okay. to individuals. So if you need extra extra length, if you if you know you're a, a, a bigger guy, then that's mm -hmm. not a problem. All you got to do is just email and let me know, and I can yeah I can uh, yeah right. You're driving me crazy zooming in and out. What is going on with you, Rod? You just want to show oh. off that beat. <laughs> You're just zooming in and out. <laughs> I, I'm trying to change that setting, man. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what is happening here? What is happening? Let's be professional for a second. Okay. Okay. So I hope uh, John. Yeah, he said yes, body size. So he is talking about body size. Yeah, so there you go. Size, just, just email me. I'll, I can tailor it for, for you. Okay. You know, if an extra six inches of webbing on the on the lumbar strap, I can add it on there. Okay, good. If anyone has any questions here, let us know right now. We'll get into it. I knew someone was going to ask this question. I just knew it, and I figured it would probably be Bricks. Bricks says, "Does he make it in kente cloth?" Laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to go there. <laughs> Buy me some thousand D Cordura <laughs> in kente cloth. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Armament and Axis says, um, "What is John's military history?" I heard him say he served. So, um, Florida Army National Guard. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, big military family. I I'll be honest. I draw a lot of my stuff. Um, mm -hmm. My uncle was a lerp in the rangers in vietnam mm -hmm. and i draw a lot of inspiration from stuff them small lerp teams did mm -hmm. because in a way those lerp teams in vietnam had to operate a lot like armed citizens will mm -hmm. very small group of four or five guys mm -hmm. no resupply no help they were on their own what they had what they had their job was to not get into a fight if they could avoid it yeah so like if so Pretty much if, um, I mean, obviously everyone's uh, got a different thing going on, right? If we really got into something, it's almost kind of like guerrilla warfare, right? You're kind of going to be... 
it's small footprint, lightweight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly what it's going to be like. I mean, that's something that you know when I help with trying to teach people, and and I touch on it on my YouTube channel a little bit. Mm -hmm. People have got to get out of this mindset of that as armed citizens, we're going to operate and do things like the military. You're going to be doing things a lot more like guerrilla warfare than you are stand-up military warfare. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, you might just, want to avoid the military types. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a just it's as a, a strategy. If you see those guys, if you see those guys, you might want to avoid them. Just well, I mean, yeah, you're you're not going to be able to operate that way if you expect to to stay alive very long. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more like guerrilla warfare where. You fight when and where and how you want to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Uh, M. Gabriel says, what is a tough tab? Can't find on Google. Did you say, t- tuck, was that, you said tough tab, right? Oh, tap right there. Oh, tuck, tuck tab. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me put you full. Yeah, show that. something Show that. You're not going to find on Google. Yeah, show that again. Show that again, John. And it's called a tuck tab. Yeah. So you've got this little reinforced tab right here, mm-hmm. mm. channel, and that webbing, and that just goes up and tucks into it like that. Oh, cool. So when, when you've got the magazine in the pouch, and this is easier to do when it's on a rig. So when you got the magazine in the pouch and you close it up, cool. It's going to be closed like that and... Okay, so there's because there's a little bit of tension on the flap from the magazine, but then when it's on your rig and you open it, you just pull it, and out comes your magazine. Oh, okay. And you can also, if you wanted to, like I can tuck the flap in there, and even pre-stage a mag if I knew I wanted to have a a, an emergency reload, Mm -hmm. I can tuck that in there and have it pre-staged so I can just pull it out. Mm -hmm. The tuck tab eliminates having a buckle on there. So there's a lot of controversy over whether or not you lose fine motor skill versus gross motor skill in a fight. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about it. All I know is buckles have got two little tabs you got to push to open it. And under stress, that can be kind of hard. If my hands are bloody or wetty or sweaty or whatever, it can be kind of hard. If I jump down on the ground real quick and land just right with hard magazines and I hit a rock or something, you can crack and break buckles. Mm-hmm. Not that it happens all the time, but it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Velcro doesn't work really good when it gets really muddy and wet. Velcro does wear out. Bungee cord wears out, can get hung on things. This just eliminates all that and keeps it simple and there's nothing to wear out or break. And you just, like I said, it's, it's caveman style. All you got to do is just take the whole palm right hand, grab that tab and pull. You didn't got to use your fingertips. You just can grab it with the palm and open it up. Okay. Very cool. Okay. Um, Brick says, laugh out loud. Hey, I love John's videos, KS47 and AKs. Boom. There you go. Um, Did we meet before that PSA thing? Or that was the first time we actually met each other? That was the first time we actually met in person was up at the PSA event back in September. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Um, let's see here. What other questions? Rod Mills, uh, Richard Hughes, you guys. If does Pebbles? Yeah, have I got a question? question. Go ahead. I got a question. Uh, yeah. Why the hell you don't ever? You, when you come to Jacksonville, you don't ever bring me. Come get me and 
take me to nice cool crap like that, man. It's it, I'm sorry, Ow. is Rod Mills talking to me? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking oh. to you. <laughs> no, the only other black dude in this chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Hey, so hey, I identify black. <laughs> oh boy. Uh if you're not wearing Kente cloth, I'm not recognizing you. <laughs> uh, see, this is what happens. This is what happened. Um so listen, we so John and I did see each other in um in Jacksonville, but the I think we met at the South Carolina event yeah. for PSA. Yeah. We were in South Carolina together. Yeah. Oh, okay. And when I was going up there, I don't think I knew that John would maybe I did, I don't know, man. Listen, I don't know what I'm doing before I do it. Just FYI. Uh, uh, Jacksonville, Rod Mills. Jacksonville, Rod Mills. All I <laughs> Maybe know is, I should call him. I had to get to Jacksonville by a certain time. That's what I know. <laughs> I got up there at that time, and I didn't even really stay up there. We did what we had to do, and then we got out of there. So, Hell, I man, I would have wanted to go see PSA, the plant, next, and see, see all the CNC machines and all of that. Next time around. Next time around. I I'll, we did have a good lunch that day, though. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you, why don't you tell him that? <laughs> Just get him even <laughs> go, go, get him going even more. <laughs> the juices are flowing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not posting anything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, okay. Bale song says, "Do you have a Minuteman face mask for the second bear cough wave?" <laughs> The, the second bear cough wave. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Are you even making masks? Uh, John, I think that's you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Um, I, I'll be honest. I've had people ask me that mm -hmm. and my machines just aren't set up for soft materials. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't understand when you're sewing heavy cordura and webbing and nylon, mm -hmm. the way you have to set the thread tension and stuff up on the machines. If I try to sew regular soft material, mm -hmm. it'll it'll just suck it all up and wrinkle it to nothing. You have to totally change things for okay. different kind of textiles. Okay. Now, John, what what are the um, uh, things do you sell besides like uh, mag pouches and uh, you know? So, I do individual pouches. Um, you know, I've got some double and triple mag shingles. I got some double AR mag pouches. I've got a small bleeder pouch, GP pouch. I've got my one piece Minuteman chest rig that holds four mags. Question. Do you, do you make a IFAC pouch? Depends on what you mean by IFAC, because a lot of people get those terms. Well, well, the kind that the kind that maybe go like the blue force gear, the kind that goes on like the back of your battle belt. Yeah, not a big one. No, I make a small bleeder pouch that'll fit on your chest rig, but all it's designed for is just to have like a tourniquet on it, okay. a like a four inch emergency bandage, a roll of gauze, shears, um, shears a um, chest seal, just okay. that emergency separate okay. from an actual IFAC. Okay. Gotcha. But I'm gotcha. going to do a full IFAC. Yeah, kit. what does no. IFAC stand for? Individual, individual first, aid first aid kit. Okay, individual first aid kit. Okay, cool. It's a lot bigger and more involved than just a bleeder pouch. Okay, all right. Uh, Rich, do you have any questions here? So the sewing, like what kind of needles do you use? I, I'm guessing that's some pretty heavy-duty stuff. Really big ones that, that don't slow down if they hit your fingers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Let's see your hands there. 
you you can't see it on the camera, but trust me, there's plenty of little. Yeah, you, little, you don't have thimbles, I guess. No, no. <laughs> Let's put it this way: you, you know how thick um, 0.80 Kydex is, like oh, yeah. you make holes yeah. out of. Mm -hmm. sure. I can put a sheet of Kydex in the machine and sew right through that Kydex like it's not there. Mm. Wow. Nice. So if you get your finger under there, it'll go through the bone of your finger two or three times before you even know it's hit it. Yeah. Um, and then about 10 seconds, you pass out. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Do you, um, do you, do you like show how you make any of this stuff on your YouTube channel? No, because I'm too busy making it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll come up I mean, there one of these days and I'll do a How It's Made video or something with you, man. You're welcome. Yeah. I've got two different YouTube channels. I've got one under UW Gear that's just about the gear and the business. Mm -hmm. Then my personal one is the Alpha Charlie Concepts channel. That's where I do all my other personal junk at. So oh, okay. Just everybody knows there's two separate ones and it's mm -hmm. both me on Okay, cool. The business just about We got gear. a question. Do you use a Tipman sewing machine? Yeah, is that what is no, that? I, is that the old school? The old school one? I don't know. Armin Nax has asked that. Yeah. I've got an older Mitsubishi and a somewhat newer Juki. Yeah. Um Mount Mountain Sarge says, John, don't forget the bandoliers. Mm, yeah, Mountain Sarge is one of my really, really good friends. Okay. Shout Who's out also him. here local. Okay. He's also here local. All right. So, so yeah. Shout out to Mountain Sarge. The Minuteman chest rigs are just a one-piece four mag rigs. Mm -hmm. I've got a Minuteman six, which is one-piece rig, but it holds six AR mags and three double mag pouches. And then I've got my Swamp Fox rigs, which are the same as the Minuteman, just a split front version. Mm -hmm. And then my bandoliers that I've got is, and I don't have one handier I'd show you. But is it on the website? It, you want me to pull it up? Yeah, they're on the website. Uh, what is Rod Mel showing? What is Rod Mel? I'm looking at that uh, the the new Bandelier 33 round Glock mag uh, that you got. Yeah. What on yeah. the on the website? What is it under? Um, Minuteman. No, it's under the um, or support gear. Support gear. Okay. Support yeah, gear. Oh, okay. I see a Bandelier three. Okay. Here, I'll throw this up on the screen yeah, for the, the folks out there. Uh huh. I've got a couple of different Bandeliers. So like for. AR mags and AK mags, it's usually a, a three mag bandolier. Mm -hmm. For subgun mags like Glock mags, Colt, Uzi, MP5 mags, I usually do those at four mags just because they're so much narrower. Mm -hmm. And then I've got one of my bandoliers that's really popular with a lot of police officers and guys like them for home defense um, <coughs> is my four mag bandolier that's got two double mag pouches on it and then two columns of molly. So you're getting four AR mags, but then you've got room to put either like a double pistol mag pouch or a bleeder pouch or something like that. And it's real easy just to grab and throw over your shoulder in the middle of the night if you got to grab something, and then you've got you know, mags right there with you. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can hook you up with that. Everybody's that's showing off a, their mags. Everyone's showing off their mags. Let me see. Oh, that's not, I, got, I, got, I got some mine, sitting yeah, right here next here, to me. I, I got to load up mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I actually. Hey, this, this, this is a this is a uh, fun stick. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just killed it, Hank. You violated YouTube's policy. No, those you are toys. Those are toys. Here's my mag right here. Boom. There you go. Those are toys also, right over there. Those no, are toys. This is the, this is the airsoft. 
Pack and load. Here's pack and load. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, there was a question. What was the question from someone? Let's see. Oh, Brick says, okay, now it makes sense. I'm subscribed to the Alpha Charlie Concepts. Didn't know he was making chest rigs. Awesome. Now you know, Bricks. Yeah. There you go. That's um, my business. Yes. And was it Armin and Axis asking about plate carriers, I think? Someone was asking about plate carriers. Whether or not yeah, I don't do any plate carriers yet. A um, couple of reasons why. Number one, the market is just super saturated with plate carriers mm -hmm. right now. And to be able to make one viable for the amount of labor that goes into it for a one-man operation, I'd have to charge a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And the only way I could sell it, I'd have to come up with something that was just absolutely earth-shattering, groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. And my whole pitch from the armed prepared citizen side is the only time I'm going to use a plate carrier is in a static defensive position. Like if I'm defending my house mm -hmm. or a, a static position, if I've got to be out moving anywhere, especially in the Southeastern United States, I'm not wearing a plate carrier because okay. I can't carry enough water to not become a heat casualty. Do you have, so you have a plate carrier, right? Do you recommend? I've got, do, I've got one of my own, yes. Uh, do, so do you, do you made it yourself or do you recommend no. someone out there? No, I, I, the one that I use is a shellback tactical banshee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. Hold on, Todd. Oh boy, there we go. I was just going to ask you what you recommend, Rod Mills. <laughs> Let's see what Rod's going to here. Bam. <laughs> And John are two of the same people. He's white, I'm black. Shellback yeah. Tactical Banshee. All right, cool. That's, that's, what I, that's what I run for my personal one, yeah. So, so like, yeah, tell us, guys, a, a little bit about this. What, um, you know, what makes that a good plate carrier, for example? Um, I mean, you want to go first, John? I say from my two cents, it's It's simple. There's not a lot of bells and whistles. I like simple. I'm a simple guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And honestly, compared to a lot of the other ones on the market, it's there, there's a balance with with the comfort and and the price point on it. Okay. It's it's not as expensive as some of the other ones, but it's not cheap low end junk either. Okay. Right. What price point is that? Is that in? What is? What are we looking at? Like about one about one ten one fifteen now. I think. I think they're pushing closer to 200 now. But oh, really? Oh, wow. They're considering a lot. Well, see, you're like me. You probably got yours years ago. Yeah, when yeah I, I got mine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But material costs have gone up, I'm sure. 300 plus. So okay. you can wow. get it all gone expensive. What kind of plates do you guys have in there? I got mine from, uh, I got steel plates. Uh, for, I got mine. It, shit, it took two and a half months to get it from RTS Tactical. Mm -hmm. That's down in uh, Miami. Mm -hmm. And it, the crazy thing was this. My ex-girlfriend got bought me that uh, plate carrier back in 2014. And then you I dumped just, her. And then you dumped her. <laughs> I just got plates for it <laughs> two weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> no, no, actually, last week. It's, it's just been sitting, you know, up. I'm like, well, you know what? Because I was trying to decide, and I'm still thinking about doing this. Um, I got to get uh, the uh, travel pass for I didn't know that they were as cheap as they were. So I'm going to go ahead and next week, maybe this weekend, order a, trauma, a set of trauma pads. But what I'm also going to do is I'm actually going to start using this when I do my training. But I can't use, um, I don't, well, I, 
I'm not going to say can't. I, I prefer not to use my steel plates with the training. I'm going to get some soft uh, body armor, mm-hmm. uh, the, the pistol range round, because, I mean, I, I don't have to worry about being shot at the range with the uh, AR-15 or, or anything like that. Hopefully, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, you know, I just want to get something that I can move in. But that's that Banshee, man, when you put it on, I mean, you can do burpees, you can jumping jacks, and it's, it, it stays with you. It's not all over the place. Hmm. It stays with you, you know. I know for a fact that you can do a full hour and a half of martial arts in one, too. Okay, wow. awesome, awesome. What kind of plates do you have in there, John? I've got some uh, level four standalone ceramics okay. that I've had for a few years. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, the one, one thing about the ceramics, because I actually thought about getting them until I found out that they have an expiration date. I'm like, well, hell, I don't want to get some place where five years from now my they they're that's, expired. That that's like it's not an expiration date; it's a lawyer date. Mm. Oh. Ceramic, ceramic doesn't go bad as long as you're not beating it around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. That, mm-hmm. That's the only downside to ceramics. You can't just take it and. Chunk Toss it and it throw around. it. Yeah, you get little hairline fractures in there, and mm-hmm. you know, not notice them. Mm-hmm. But mine just stays hung up, you know, mm-hmm. for emergency to grab and throw on. So mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't go bad. Okay, um, it's like can put expiration dates on canned food, but that doesn't mean it's going to go bad. It just means that's the only date they'll. Yeah, Rod's showing off a special hanger, I guess, for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the uh, the plate hanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get them on uh, Amazon for like 17 bucks. Okay. Uh, I mean, very thick. If you can see, that's very that's pretty thick there. Um, I thought I had a uh, measure tape, but this is I mean, man, this if this this you hit somebody with this, man, you gonna knock them out. <laughs> you know, it is this is thick plastic here, man. So okay. All right. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, go ahead, John. I think you were saying something there. No, I was just saying the, the ceramics, you know, it's th- that expiration dates. It's like on canned food. Canned food doesn't go bad. They just have to put a date on there to so that you can't come and sue them 10 years from now if it doesn't taste as good as it did the day you bought it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, understood. Uh, let's see. Len Holt says, for the panel, have any of you gone out wearing some level three uh, armor with the unrest? Thoughts on open carry? What do you guys... Uh, Can I say that one more time? He says, have any of you gone out wearing some level three armor with the unrest? Thoughts on open carry? With just like wearing it like out in public? I'm guessing. Oh, no. Uh, I, I mean, you can, you can clarify that, Len. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go out and... I mean, if he's, talking about level, if he's talking about level three, I'm assuming he's talking about soft body armor, which mm-hmm. would be or concealable underneath a shirt or something. Mm-hmm. And no, I won't do that here unless I absolutely have to, because again, exactly. I don't like carrying quart and gallon jugs of water around with me mm-hmm. all yeah. the time, because mm-hmm. you right. will sweat to death. Mm-hmm. That's why police officers keep the air conditioner turned up really high in their cars. <laughs> they don't ever, they don't ever stop running it. I'm gonna zoom in here. I'm gonna uh, go in on uh, on uh, Richard Hughes here. He looks like uh, someone. Uh, Kathleen Music Lover says, "Look at Pebbles." Um, yeah. Do you make any uh, gear carriers for uh, little parakeets? For yeah, for whatever Pebbles is right there. 
might, you might put stuff on in a stuff him in a bleeder pouch. A special pouch for him, yeah. <laughs> That'll be funny though to see pebbles in a little uh kind of a chest break. I made my yeah. dog's collar if that counts. <laughs> the collar, your dog's that, collar. That's gonna be the thumbnail. We'll have pebbles popping his head out of the chest rig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you can build a chest rig for pebbles. <laughs> yeah. some small can you imagine how many times you're going to stick your fingers <laughs> trying to get that little tiny thing done <laughs> that'd be some small stitch yeah absolutely <laughs> to answer the other part of the guy's question as far as open carry and go no i i conceal carry i'm not against open carry i if it's legal where you are at and you want to do it then knock yourself out i just prefer to keep mine concealed yeah, just be prepared. So my daughter wanted to go out, and, and they were doing some stuff at West Palm Beach. I'm actually in Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I threw on my 45, and I just pulled my shirt over it. You know, I have an OWB uh, holster for the 45, and I just had a long T-shirt, and I just pulled it over. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to necessarily do anything to call extra attention to yourself, but you should absolutely be safe and be prepared. You know. Right. I mean, that gives that you're at a tactical disadvantage if you're open carrying. Mm-hmm. I mean, because then, okay, first and foremost, they know what you have. You don't know what they may have, and guess who's going to get the uh, the bullet um, uh, right. the target? Yeah, you got to get tagged first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know. Let, let let me be devil's advocate for a moment. I used I used to say that exact same thing. But in recent years, it's become my experience that 90 plus percent of the public is so oblivious to what's going on around them that even the bad guys aren't noticing somebody standing there with a gun. Oh, hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's an interesting I, thought. People, people do not pay. Buddy of mine, he's retired now, but was a police officer. We were in a restaurant one day, lunchtime, crowded to the walls full. I'm going to shame myself. I had a brand new holster I was trying out at the time. Mm-hmm. I only tried it once. And this is why I only tried it once. Got up to go to the bathroom. And as I got up from the from the booth, it caught and undid one of the snaps on the holster. Oh. Connected by two points. The rear one undid. So it swung and basically went upside down. Didn't have enough retention. My gun comes bouncing out, hits the floor, and goes skittering five feet across the tile floor. Well, my buddy's reaching for his badge real quick to pull it out. Ah. I'm scrambling to grab the gun. <laughs> Not a single person in the entire place noticed it. Wow. <laughs> That's good and bad at the same time. Guess what, John? I got my own story like that. Um, I had, um, of course, um, Every time after Colorado, every time I go to the movies, I'm concealed carry. I don't care what they say. Okay? I don't leave the house without my gun mm-hmm. on me. So exactly. So, you know, I'm over at Regency. Um, me and uh, my uh, my girlfriend at the time we were leaving, and I guess something happened. Oh, you, you know what? I have one of those little clips on my. Uh, I got a little Ruger LCP as my. It's like my little backup gun, and I had it in my belt clip. And it fell down in, you know, right when you're going exiting the movie theater. And I'm looking around like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> and I went and grabbed it. 
nobody even noticed it. You know, this was a, this was a Glock 19 that I dropped. It wasn't oh, wow. you know, small. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I say that somewhat facetiously, but I'm serious. Yeah. Go out public and just watch people. Mm-hmm. They do not know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, most people around. are in their phones. It's yeah, why yeah, so many yeah, people, even the bad guys, though, mm-hmm. they get tunnel vision on what their objective is. Mm-hmm. Look, you can find video, even on YouTube, guys going in to rob Jiffy stores mm-hmm. and uniformed police officers in the Jiffy store. But they are so focused on getting up to the counter, getting the gun in the guy's face at the counter and taking the money. They never notice the police officer that's standing there in full uniform right behind them. Wow. So, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I, I, I go back and forth on the whole open carry thing. I still prefer to conceal carry, mm-hmm. but I don't think open carrying gives away quite as much as it's made out to be. Mm-hmm. And here's the proof why. There are a number of states where open carry is very popular and legal, mm-hmm. Arizona, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yet we never hear of people getting shot by bad guys that have been open carrying them and the bad guys got the drop mm-hmm. on them. So if it well, was really actually, that big a deal, I think it would be more systemic than... Mm-hmm. Minnesota, mm-hmm. believe it or not, is a carry state, meaning open or concealed in firearm, you know, pistol, rifle, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what I find kind of interesting about Minnesota, Minneapolis. So you, you can actually walk down the street with an AR over your shoulder. That's perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering why nobody did that uh, uh, during the protest. I, I didn't see anybody uh, open carry. Most people in Minnesota don't know that. Most mm-hmm. cops in Minnesota don't know that, believe it or oh, not. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm definitely not anti-open carry, man. You know, I mean, I think I would agree that I would rather people not know what I'm doing. I'd rather be undercover, but, you know. I, I, I would like to see Florida make it legal for you to open carry if you want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll still prefer to keep mine concealed. Yeah. Just of, of course. Like everything else in my life, I like to keep it private and concealed. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, in Florida, you you are able to open carry if you're going to and from hunting and fishing. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know. There's ways around that. Yeah. If yeah. you're on your property. Hey, hey, yeah. keep a damn. I keep a uh, a, re- a rod and reel in my truck at all times. <laughs> That's why you're watching. <laughs> you never know when you spontaneously might get the urge to go fishing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And there's plenty of bridges around here. You could stop and throw a line over. Oh hell yes! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love going to Nassau Sound. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the range says there were some dudes open carrying during the protests in Seattle last night. ARs, AKs. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle, yeah, Seattle, but not. I didn't see anything in Minneapolis, though. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can recall anything uh, going on there. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Have uh, things? Does it feel to you guys like things are starting to settle down, or are we still are people still going full tilt here? What do you think? Uh, I think it's quieting. You haven't seen a whole lot of looting or burning or anything like that. That's that's kind of tamed, uh, tamed a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm, t- I'm going to tell you this. Maybe you guys didn't notice this, but I noticed this. I'm like, man, how in the hell are these people walking all this damn time and not getting tired <laughs> daily? I mean, I'm thinking like, man, my feet would be killing me on a day. I mean, I don't know if, uh, Hank, I know you've been to NRA, but John, have you ever been to NRA before? 
Not NRA, but I've been to SHOT Show. Mm-hmm. Been, okay, so same thing. So mm-hmm. you know how your feet feel when you're going back to the hotel after SHOT Show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, there's no way on do earth. Your feet, do your just... feet have feelings? Because mine don't. <laughs> well, my feet are burning up after uh, NRA. Mine are pretty much year. numb. <laughs> and I know if I sit down somewhere, like if the, uh-huh. so I, stay, I just stay walking the whole time. Cause if I actually uh, sit down somewhere, I can't. You sit down, get back up. Yeah. What's what's that? What's that, Rich? Hey, that's because you wear boots. You gotta wear flip flops. <laughs> Why well, you gotta embarrass me in front of company? <laughs> what's wrong with you? How do I get invited on the show? Yeah, this is uh, uh, John. Rich likes to wear flip flops on the range, man. I don't know what to say for him. yeah it's for real i've seen it every time i see it i tell them no man this is not the move this is not how we do it (laughs) but hey he's a free man he's a free man he's huh you're not the only one uh i got a buddy uh jared reston uh he's with jso Mm -hmm. and uh oh you know jared okay yeah and he has the victos uh tactical flip-flops and i'm always messing with him you know when he's posting mm-hmm. pictures so <laughs> wow <laughs> and i i can't i can't leave the house without proper footwear on my feet oh, yeah. yeah me neither oh speaking of footwear i just purchased a pair of um trail shoes mm-hmm. uh to use at the range because i've been using the um uh, uh so, so well let me ask you this john when did, when did you uh come into the army what when did you do basic 91 Okay, so I, I okay, so you and I, I came in in '94. So uh, you remember when we had the uh, the black, you know, mm-hmm. jungle boots, you know, the regular, you know, we didn't have the desert boots like they got now, mm-hmm. and you know, we had spit shine every day. Uh, but so I got some desert boots, and you know, after you know, when you're 50 years old, uh, those boots hurt when you're at the range a little bit. So I went in. I went and got. Uh, I can't think of the name a brand. It starts with an S, uh, but they're pretty highly rated uh, trail shoes. Man, it's like night and day wearing pretty those highly shoes. rated trail shoes. Solomon's? Huh? Is it Solomon's? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's Solomon's? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Good rep. They're supposed to be stupid comfortable. Yeah, they are, and they don't have the shoestrings. They have the thing where you just pull like the little wire and it yeah. tightens it up yeah right so I, I purchased some of those and i love best best investment i've made so far yeah personally i just believe you got to have shoes i see someone who was this here uh brian quick says hank has toe jam no i actually have pretty <laughs> i have pretty sexy feet but i'm not trying to show it off like uh richard hughes is, how would he know if you did i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how would he know you have toe jam he must have been down there yeah um i'm pretty listen rich just wants to show off his feet man you know yep. hey Spend a, he spends a lot of money on those, uh, what is it, with, with feet pedicures or whatever? You know? Pedicures, yeah. Yeah, happen. yeah. It's the only gun guy I know that comes with a fresh pedicure and flip-flops to the range. <laughs> yeah. My, I got tender feet. Uh, I, I can't. I, I got to have shoes on and athletic socks. Mm-hmm. Got to. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that, yeah. man. You got to take care of the feet. The feet are really important. <laughs> 
yeah. You know, um, and you never know. You never know what you're getting into. And if you have to start running in some flip flops, you're gonna get left. <laughs> or you're gonna be you. You don't know what you're gonna be running on, man. You running on some nails, some glass, or something like that. It's gonna, yeah, yeah. Not gonna be fun. So. Asphalt, and concrete in Florida in the summertime. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Burning. Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember one time, I don't know why I did it, but one time I went to Disney or Universal or something with flip-flops, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? You cannot go walking around a lot with flip-flops. Uh, I don't know. I guess if you're a professional. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a professional at got, it. but Huh? I don't have the feet for it. Yeah, yeah. It's just not uh, supportive or whatever, so we'll see. Eventually, Richard Hughes, he'll get old. We'll see what he does. <laughs> but, you know. Um, I'm the old man here. Yeah, huh? I'm probably the old man here. I'm probably older than all of you. Oh. Okay, how old are you? Let's see. Uh, I'll be 55 this year. Oh, wow, 55. Okay, Uh-oh. who's got who's got uh, 55 beat? <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. All right, you're the winner. You're the winner. Close. Close. But <laughs> yeah, okay. With John, that. John, would you... Real quick, John, where'd you do your basic at? Poor Jackson. Oh, okay. Tank Hill, huh? I I, I was smart. I I decided, hey, I want to go to Fort Jackson in June, July, August, and September. Oh, I was at uh, Fort McClellan. Ask me how fun that was in South Carolina through the middle of the summer. Oh, I know, man. I I went to Fort McClellan uh, January 21st, 1994. I'll never forget uh, it was a week before the Super Bowl because when we were in um, when we were uh, in um, reception, they let us actually look at the Super Bowl. Uh, that was the only time I was able to look at TV for what four or five months because we we were um, uh, one station unit training, so we did our AITN basic together. So hmm. so yeah, I, I, the only, the, matter of fact, the only two things I remember looking at on TV was. That Super Bowl and the OJ chase because I, <laughs> everybody I looked broke, at that. <laughs> I broke my foot. Wait, that basic. was ninety four also. Yeah, that was in ninety four. Yes. Oh no! Yes. Wow. Okay. And, and I broke and um, I was in the senior drill sergeant office uh, answering the phone because I broke my foot on a uh, PT run. I oh. never forget that. Never forget it. Yeah, the OJ chase. You bring him back. <laughs> I didn't see a TV from the time I left MIPS. Until, uh, geez, until we got halfway through AIT. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's when you had your liberty then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So listen. Just, go ahead. I was going to let you finish. Thing, you, were, you were asking us earlier at the beginning of the show, you know, mm-hmm. we were talking about things mm-hmm. going on this year and you had mm-hmm. the virus and mm-hmm. the riots and all this stuff and what was going to come next. Yeah. Well, this got sent to me earlier today. And I remembered it while I could. Untouched by humans, eerie pool found 700 feet deep in the bowels of New Mexico cave. Scientists say it contains bacteria that have never come into contact with humans. <laughs> and they're what could possibly go wrong? Here's your part you- oh, boy. The alien zombie apocalypse. <laughs> It's going to come out of that. All right. Okay, listen, with that, it's been fun because actually we're we're like over the 9 o'clock hour. So I'm going to go around here and get everyone to uh, wrap up and tell everyone how they can support them. Let's start with Flying Rich. What's the best oh, thing for folks to, to uh, check up on you? It's going to have an upgrade soon. 
Uh, and soon I'll be actually going to the range with my 3D printed AR9 and shooting a lot of stuff. Awesome. Okay, got that going. All right, uh, Rod Mills? Uh, I just got Instagram, so you can find me at Scorch underscore Earth underscore Firearms. Facebook, you can find me at Scorch Earth Firearms Training, LLC. Uh, and then also at Twitter, keep in mind, I'm reading off my business card here, mm-hmm. Scorch Earth FA. So awesome. That's what, yeah. All right. And John, how can the folks out there keep in contact with you? How can they support you? UWGearInc.com. Um, YouTube channels under UW Gear and YouTube channel under Alpha Charlie Concepts. All right. Awesome. Um, I'm on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. So you're on, what's your social medias? Facebook? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. All right. Cool. All right. So listen, make sure you guys go out there and support these guys. I want to thank Franklin Armory for sponsoring the show. Of course, remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list. That's where you can, if you want to, if you want to get up on some Hank Strange patches, you got to go to HankStrange.com. Um, a bunch of other things over there for you all to find out. I'm going to drop the bombs at the end here. Thanks to everyone for watching. Thanks for these folks for hanging out with us. Um, if you guys are, want to hear this on audio, we're on iTunes, Podbean, all the other places that you can find audio. Thanks to John from UW Gear, right? Yes, sir. There you go. Rod Mills of Scorched Earth Firearms. Richard Hughes of Flying Rich and Pebbles fame. And thanks to all the folks out there. We'll see you. Who wants the last word? Who wants the last word? Yeah, Rod Mills, no? Now, Pebbles. Pebbles. What's Pebbles' last word? What's Pebbles got to say here? (laughs) There you go. There you go. We're out.